Welcome to the New Grad Physio podcast, hosted by Andy Barker, consultant sports physiotherapist, private practice owner, and the founder of the New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job as the head of physiotherapy and rehab at the Leeds Rhinos, just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously been with the Leeds Rhinos for 10 seasons, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes within professional rugby, international football and professional dance, alongside running his own successful private practice. Andy built the new grad physio to help new grad physios, sports therapists and sport rehabilitators just like you accelerate their own learning and learn the skill sets you need to become a competent, confident and competitive new grad physio. As a new grad, there are specific challenges you will face during those first few years and this podcast will deliver you actionable advice you can use to overcome these challenges and start your own successful new grad journey. Enjoy the show! Hey, it's Andy here and welcome to the New Grad Physio podcast. So this is an extra special episode. I'm taking a a bit of a break, if you like, from the, the clinical content that I've put out in recent weeks on the podcast and taking a bit of a segue really and the reason I'm doing that is just I wanted to to go through some some really important lessons that I've I've maybe learned over the last 10 years uh, as I actually say that it seems like actual actually like two minutes since I, I actually qualified but it was um I guess a coffee meeting with a with a fellow therapist last week gave me the idea for this podcast and I didn't actually realize it was uh, actually 10 years since I sort of graduated and and qualified and I finished my degree in the summer of 2010 and I went straight into work in my first job at the time which was the assistant first team physio at the Leeds Rhinos and he actually asked me he said oh what have you what are probably your biggest lessons that you've learned over the last 10 years and it made me think quite a lot and uh, we went through and talked through a few different things and I, and I talked through some of the things I'm going to talk through in this sort of podcast but I thought it, it was a great question and I thought something that a lot of therapists will be crying out for, you know, you're maybe at the start of your journey, you know, you're not not 10 years qualified like myself, but I'm sure you'd like to know uh, the biggest pitfalls, the biggest mistakes, so you can try and, you know, avoid them yourself. You can start your, you know, your own successful new grad journey and, you know, get the patient results that you want, even as a a young and inexperienced therapist. So I thought it'd be great to jump on an episode and talk through the 10 biggest lessons that I've learned from 10 years as a physio. So the first one is get clear on the end goal. So what I mean by this is the sooner you can sort of get your sights and work out where you want your career to to be heading, it's much, much easier for you to achieve your goal. So, you know, don't be too worried if you are at the start of your journey and you're at the start of your career, you're about to graduate or you've already graduated and you're not entirely sure where you want to be. It's good to jump into different things, see what you enjoy the most and then make a decision about, you know, the direction you want your career to go. But I was very different, you know, as a, as a student, before I even started my degree, I knew where I wanted to work. I wanted to work in MSK, I wanted to work in sport and I actually had a specific, you know, dream job that I, that I wanted to do. And when you have a bit of a clearer idea about, you know, the area of therapy you want to go and work in, you know, whether it's sport, NHS, private practice, it makes a lot easier, you know, your decision making a lot easier because you can make sure that every decision you you make, whether that's accepting a job or trying to organise a placement or whatever it may be, 
as specific as possible to you trying to get to that end goal. And the better you can do that, it means those steps getting to your end goal are going to be much simpler. They're going to be much clearer. And then you're much more likely to actually get to that end goal at some point. You know, it might not be, you know, the next week or the next month or even the next year. But if you're taking, you know, small steps towards that goal and not heading off in a completely different direction, it's much more likely that you're actually going to achieve your goal you know, of your career, whatever that may be. Second, number two, say yes. So as a student or as a new grad therapist, you need to take opportunities when they come your way. So as a student, as a new grad, you might get these opportunities to, to do certain things. It might be to you know, work an extra day on a placement, it might be to stay a bit back you know, for a couple of hours or two to go through some in-service training. It might be to help out our local sports club or cover a, a game or two on a, on a weekend. And a lot of therapists don't take these opportunities. And, you know, this has, I guess, a negative impact on, on two main themes, really. Firstly, it's a great opportunity for you to learn more things, to work with other clinicians and also put your skills into practice. But also, these are the types of opportunities that often open doors to bigger and better things in the future. The reason I was able to walk into a job straight from university at the Leeds Rhinos was because I did well on a placement. And then I got asked if I would like to stay involved in some sort of capacity. And during my last year at uni, anytime I wasn't in university studying or wasn't out on placement or I wasn't working, I'd try and make time. I'd get to get down to the club. And if it was there for a few hours, an hour here or there, you know, I was getting so much from being in that environment, just learning. But that commitment from me, me saying yes to that opportunity, ultimately put me ahead of all the other students that were going through placements, had been through placements over the last sort of 12 months or so at the club. And then when they were looking for a new physio, you know, I was top of mind. I was the physio who was given that opportunity. And that was why I was able to finish uni one day, I had my last exam, and literally the next day I started work at the Leeds Rhinos. So, you know, that is... That is my story. That's how I'm relating it to, to this. But if you have the same opportunities, you know, as a new grad, as a student, then please say yes. Number three is all about asking questions. So whether you're still studying, you're at university or you've qualified, never be afraid to actually ask questions. There's always people that are going to be willing to help you out, are going to be in a good position to sort of help you out. But if you never actually ask for their help, then you're not going to get any help. It's as simple as that. So, you know, ask help, ask for help. You'll get the support that you need. It's going to help fill in the blanks of, you know, the, whether it's a knowledge problem, whether it's a clinical problem, a career question that you want. You know, what I would say on questions, though, don't just ask questions for asking sake. You know, you've probably been there yourself on a placement or, you know, working with someone else and you you feel like you have to ask questions. You feel like you're told to ask questions, but you just blurt out these sort of, stupid questions almost and you know when you already sometimes know the answer yourself you're just asking why are you doing that why are you doing that and first you know think about what the question you're asking try and actually solve the problem yourself and then if you're still stuck or still got you know a question spinning around your head then ask it's a much better question to say or are you doing this because you're trying to achieve this because that shows that you've actually thought about what you're actually asking and you've tried to obviously make sense of it in your own head before asking a question rather than just saying why are you doing that? You know, it's a very, very different type of question. Number four is about stepping outside your comfort zone. So whatever that may be for you, 
sometimes you need to step outside your own comfort zone. For me, as a, as a student, when I was studying, um, I'm naturally an introvert and people's often a bit surprised by this when I'm, they see me on, you know, I've got podcasts, see me on lots of videos and maybe on social media and I've got a, obviously membership where I'll be sitting in front of a camera in a studio and have a model and doing all this sort of teaching and things like that. But naturally, you know, I'm an introvert and that's, you know, that's my, my personality. However, I've had to train myself and I've had to step outside my comfort zone massively to be able to get better at doing that and to be able to practice speaking in public, practice speaking, you know, in front of groups of people, practice taking sessions where I've got a full team of, you know, professional athletes, international athletes in front of me. You know, that is not natural to me and something that I've had to work really hard on, you know, to be able to do that. The first probably penny drop moment for me was when actually I went on placement, I was in a sports club and I actually got asked by the my clinical educator to to take a like a group prehab session, so like a warm up session or more physio led session, and I was on my on my own. So I had I think there was two groups of sort of about fifteen ish players, but at the time these were like my I guess idols. There were I was working at the team that I grew up supporting. A lot of these guys were you know not much older than me. Some of them were the same age, and you know. I was absolutely shit scared if I'm being totally honest, you know, but it was a, it was a massive turning point for me in the sense that I did it the first time and I was absolutely shit scared. Like I say, I'm not, I'm not joking, but it went really well. And afterwards I thought, you know what, that wasn't actually too bad, but the, I guess the penny drop moment for me was if I really want to work in, in that environment, I want to work in sport, I'm going to have to get better at that because that's part of the job. That's part of what I'll need to do. And even if you maybe don't want to work in sport, you know, working in NHS or private practice, there'll be times where you have to be in charge. You have to be, even if it's one-on-one with the patient in private practice, you have to be that authority. You have to be able to say, no, this is how it is. You're not doing your rehab. This is why I need you to do it. And this is, you know, exactly why you're not going to get better unless you do it. And you have to be, be like that. And that might be very, you know, different. You might be like an introvert like me, and that might be, you know, not your personality, but Unless you, you know, are able to do those things, then the results you get with your patients, athletes you're working with, success you get, the opportunities that open themselves for you, you know, just might not happen. So you need to push yourself to, to get better. And this may mean actually stepping outside your comfort zone. Hope you are enjoying today's episode so far. Just wanted to take a break and make sure you haven't missed out on Andy's latest free resource, Five Steps to Fast Track Your New Grad Physio Career. It will show you five simple steps you need to accelerate your learning and career as a new grad physio. It is packed full of clinical and non-clinical advice, including the missing career skill university didn't teach you that is stopping you getting better job roles, more opportunities and better pay as a new grad physio. It's Andy's most downloaded resource and you can get it completely free just by visiting newgradphysio.com. So, make sure you check it out. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Number five, nail your subjective assessment. So subjective assessment is at the start of the process and that is at the start for a very, very good reason. It's the most important thing by far. And I and I probably undervalued the subjective history for the first probably four or five years, if I'm being honest, of, of my sort of practice as a, as a new grad. But if you do a bad job of the subjective, it just makes everything else a million times harder. It makes your objective assessment and your subsequent diagnosis much more difficult to actually to attain. 
the objective assessment should be how we taught it at university. It should be almost ticking off what you actually think is going on. So you use your subjective to help you determine what you're looking for, what you think is going on, and then you go into your objective assessment to ultimately test your hypothesis. And that is ultimately what should happen. What I see a lot of new grads that, you know, when I first start working with them is that they often rush through subjective. They ask the, the same questions, but they're just asking them for asking sake. It's just they're asking them because that's how they've been taught to ask them. There's no real process. There's no real thinking about what they're actually asking. And then they're too reliant on their objective assessment, particularly special testing, particularly some of the other things, functional testing and other things in there, than their objective assessment to actually determine the diagnosis. And they're looking at it completely the wrong way. If you do a really good job of your subjective, it means that the objective assessment, your diagnosis, and knowing where to start with your treatments and rehabs is so, so much easier. Number six, do the brilliant basics. So making sense of your assessments, treatments, and rehab can be tricky. So why in a million years, why would you try and make it more difficult for yourself? And I see this all the time with, with new grads. The key to getting great patient results as a new grad or even as an experienced therapist is doing basic things really well. The best therapist that I've ever seen, the best therapist that I've ever worked with, don't do anything fantastic, if I'm being honest. They don't do anything wild and wacky. You know, they do basic things really 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 well and and i know from you know my own practice and from what i teach in the membership and the results that you know the therapists that have been through my membership actually actually get that we know that the basic assessment techniques will help 99% of the problems that you find basic treatment techniques and basic rehab exercises will fix 99% of patients there will always be some really, really complex patients that might need that 1%. But as a new grad, you're probably not seeing these people. These guys are seeing a extended scope practitioner in the NHS. They're, you know, they're, they've been around the houses and seen every single private practice therapist in your town or your city. In sport, these are the players that are on the verge of retiring because no one can fix them. You know, these are you know, one in a hundred, probably less than that. You know, basic assessment techniques, basic treatment techniques and rehab exercises done well will fix up 99% of patients. That's, that's regardless of the area of your work, whether that's the NHS, private practice or even professional sport. You don't need to learn all these fancy techniques and treatments to get results. You just need to be able to do the basics brilliantly. Number seven is about aiming high. So don't fall into the trap that the majority, I'd say, nine out of 10 therapists fall into and just accept your career for what it is. Accept that your career will develop and it will be what it will be. If you really want a particular job, whether that's in the NHS, sport, private practice, then you need to go for it. You know, you need to work hard, you need to stay committed to that goal. And if you get the right support, that goal then can become a reality. Just because people will tell you that that goal's not reality or you know, be more real or you should do this instead, you shouldn't follow that advice it doesn't mean it's true just because everyone else is doing that and you know that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be the case for you I remember back to my days at university I was told specifically you know I wanted and, I, and I'd tell everyone and his dog what I wanted to do I wanted to go straight to sport I wanted to one day be the the lead physio for the Leeds Rhinos and and I wasn't afraid to do that you know because I was I was of the mindset that 
I'm going to do everything I can to try and achieve that. If I fall short, that's cool. If someone's better than me and they get the job or whatever it may be, you know, years down the line, then I can live with that. But if I have a, if I don't have a crack at it and I never achieve that, then, you know, I've got, you know, no excuse for why I've not achieved that, that sort of, that goal of mine. So I was told specifically though at university by my lecturers that even to get enough experience or be somewhere near good enough to even think about applying for that job, the head physiology rhinos, I'd need 10 years experience, 10 years of, you know, trial and error and working maybe in the NHS and doing some private practice stuff and some part-time sports stuff, you know, maybe some sports stuff full-time but at a lower level before even thinking about applying for that job. I got this job, the head, head physiology rhinos, 15 months after I graduated, not 10 years, closer to 10 months than 10 years, you know, 15 months after I graduated, I was the, I was the head physiology rhino. So, you know, the only, one of the reasons I was able to do that is because I'd set my sights on what I wanted to achieve. I'd set my sights high and I also had a plan, which I'm going to cover in the, in the sort of next point, number eight, but you need a plan, you need to set your set sights high and you just need to get to work and try to achieve your goal, whatever that may be. So number eight is have a plan. So any goal without a plan is just a dream. And this is, 100% true. I actually hate quotes like this, but this is actually a quote that I actually do really like because it's it's completely true. And it's just, I guess, gone, you know, explaining what I've just explained in the last point. If you do, if you, it's all well and good having these dreams and goals, but unless you actually have some sort of plan or some help, you know, or you understand how you're actually going to make that, that dream a reality, then it is just going to be a dream. You know, you're never going to achieve that. It's probably going to be unlikely. No one's going to hand... Uh, a job like the head physio at a sports club or you know no one's going to open up your a clinic for you and say here you go here's a clinic here's the keys that's your clinic now no one's going to you know give you a, a band five static post or a band six you know msk static post or a, just give you a job as a band seven physio in the nhs you know these things you're going to have to work for and you're going to have to you know put yourself out there you're going to have to you know have those Big, big aspirations, but you need a plan to help be able to get there. You need to be competent in what you do. You need to be able to get patient results and you need to be able to know how to actually progress your career. And it's unlikely you will ever achieve your goals if you don't have a plan. If you just meander and go bob into work every now and again and take each day as it comes and don't really have that, I guess, that desire and that motivation to progress and also a plan to progress, then it's unlikely that you'll ever achieve your goals. Number nine is about asking yourself why. So whether that relates to your subjective assessment, objective, treatment, rehab, exercise, it does not matter. Can you reason why? So maybe you're asking a particular question in the subjective, maybe using a special test during your objective assessment, or you may be using a certain treatment technique or rehab exercises. Can you reason why you are using that particular technique or asking that particular question or prescribing that particular rehab exercises. This is clinical reasoning. That's it. You know, if you can't reason why you're asking a certain question using a certain test or technique, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. You know, unless a question, a test or an intervention is trying to extract some important information or is trying to fix a particular problem for your patient, then it's likely probably a complete waste of your time, your patient's time, an effort and it's not going to get you to, to where you need to be it's not going to help take your patient's pain away and it's not going to get you and your patient to where they need to be last and by no means least probably I'd, i'll talk about this a bit, bit further but number 10 um get a mentor so this 
was probably the best thing that I've ever done in, in my sort of career. As I'm actually recording this podcast, I'm actually going to finish up, going to send the podcast off to my IT guy who'll edit it and make it sound pretty good, make the voice sound a little bit better and cut any errors I've made out of the podcast. But I'm actually heading over to, to meet my own mentor. And I've had a mentor ever since I was a student, and this is the best thing 100% that I've, I've ever done. My own mentor in his career is he's probably two steps ahead of me in says what he's done with his um, practice, I guess working in sport and also his private practice. Um, he's done other things that I want to do in the future. And again, so he's in a really ideal position to me to help me with the challenges that I've got right now with various different things in my work, private practice, you know, my you know online teaching. And also the challenges that I'm going to face in the you know next week, next month, the the years that follow, the same ones that he's actually battling with now. You know, if I use a, to use an example, you know, last year I launched um, my first my podcast. I also wrote my first book, and my mentor, he was the first person I spoke to when I you know I just had the idea to do these things because he'd previously done these things himself so rather than me try and work all this stuff out myself he honestly saved me months and months of unnecessary work time and effort and showed me the quickest way to get these projects off the ground he showed me you know what I needed to do to launch a podcast you know how to to plan the content how to upload these types of things he showed me how to put together and, and the format for a book how you know all these stuff that I had no idea about I just thought I'd just sit in a coffee shop and start writing it wasn't quite as easy as that so you know this honestly saved me months and months and months of work you know time effort you know and you know time for me away from my other things which are like my private practice work my consultancy sports work again which obviously cost me money to me to take a day off and from those things was obviously costly so I needed to obviously make most of my time when I was you know sitting down to, to write the book for example Nine times out of ten, you know, when I, I go to him now with different problems, I'm I'm on the right lines. But it's always great to have, I guess, that person you can reach out to that can give you that reassurance that you sometimes need, or you know, have that person there who's I guess that support network for you for you really when when you really need it. So it's not it's not someone I, I message or speak to every single day. Um, but it might be a text, you know, once a week, or it might be, you know, if I'm having a pretty stressful time, or if I've got a few tricky cases in my private practice, or in some of my consultancy work, you know, he's the go-to man that I speak to. I ask for help, and he's always there at the other end of a of a phone or a WhatsApp message or an email to give me the help and support uh, that I need. Final thoughts. So just to sort of round everything together, I, I really hope that you can listen to this podcast and take some of the the lessons, the biggest lessons that I've learned over the last ten years, and apply this to to your own, you know, your own circumstances, wherever wherever you're at the moment, whether you're still studying or whether you're a new grad physio, sports therapist, or sports rehabilitator. I know that life as a new grad can be tough. You know, I've I've been there certainly, um, but it doesn't need to be. You know, if you're willing to work hard with the right guidance, you really can get great patient results, even if you're that inexperienced young therapist or in the eyes of your patient, that young and inexperienced therapist. By quickly building your confidence with your assessments, treatments and rehab, you'll actually start to feel like you can relax and actually enjoy the sessions with your patients, which is, I'm sure, something that you would, you would like to do. It'll stop you feeling on edge, you know, worried about 
you know, making mistakes, worried what sort of patient's going to walk through the, you know, through the door and whether you're going to have the skills and the confidence to be actually be able to, to treat their problems. If there was one big thing that I've learned over the, the last 10 years is like that feeling of, of a great patient result is the best, you know, it's the best feeling you can get as a therapist. And I still get that same buzz and I guess pride almost with a, with a patient now uh, as I did when I first started, when I first started getting those, you know, those wins when I was a new grad, just out of uni, um, you know, that buzz I get now, 10 years on, is still exactly the same. It's great to be able to help patients, athletes, whoever you're working with, help them get out of pain, get them back doing the things that they, they enjoy doing the most, see a smile on the face when they're back running or back in the gym or, you know, back at work or whatever it may be, you know, whatever their end goal is, it's, it's great to be able to play a part in helping them to do that. And that buzz that I get, and I know speaking to, you know, experienced therapists that I, you know, I hang around with and stuff, you know, they'll tell you exactly the same thing. Um, that buzz and being able to help people is, is ultimately why we got into the profession in the first place, to be a therapist and be able to help people out. If you have any questions about anything I've covered in this particular podcast, or maybe you feel like you, you need a little bit of help to get your own career moving in the right direction, then please reach out to me. The easiest way, if you just send me an email, andy at yougovphysio.com, um, and I'll get right back to you. A little bit of guidance goes, you know, a little bit of help goes a massive way, and I'll always do whatever I can to help you out. So thanks for listening in to this podcast. Any questions, please let me know. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you have planned, and I'll speak to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to Andy Barker's new Grad Physio podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, you will love his website, newgradphysio.com, which is packed full of free content to help you, a new grad physio, sports therapist, or sports rehabilitator, overcome the specific challenges you face day to day in your clinical practice, working in the NHS, private practice, and sport. Here you can get links to all his other podcast episodes, read all his blogs, find out about his book and his upcoming courses and the new Grad Physio membership. You can also download Andy's latest free resource, Five Steps to Fast Track Your New Grad Physio Career. It is packed full of clinical and non-clinical advice, including the missing career skill university didn't teach you that is stopping you getting better job roles, more opportunities and better pay as a new Grad Physio. Get access to all this by visiting www.newgradphysio.com. The new Grad Physio was built to help as many new grads as possible. So if you have enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and even better, tell someone else about it. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you have planned. And here's to the start of your own successful new grad journey.